The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to The Shepherd at Work, a weekly program to help you learn how to walk out your faith in every place you live and work. You'll be introduced to individuals who are successfully and effectively engaging in marketplace ministry, giving you the tools needed to do the same. The Shepherd at Work is brought to you by the Central Florida Christian Chamber. Now, here's your host, Mike Gillen. It is so good to have you here. Thank you for joining us on The Shepherd at Work. Mike Gilland here and with me in the studio. When you think of business, when you think of a person that is a CEO, when you think of a person that understands real estate and just the economy, it's really hard for me to go any farther past John Crossman. He is respected. He is loved. He hosts two podcasts of which I am privileged to be a part of. And now here he is on The Shepherd at Work. John, welcome to the program. Oh my gosh, my friend. Thank you for having me. And uh, that was a big introduction. I hope I can live up to that someday. Oh, you already live up to that, my friend, and well beyond that. Because this program is aimed at, uh, at trying to produce the kind of material that will help people really live out marketplace ministry, representing their faith, representing what they believe, not only where they live, but also where they work. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are tripped up at that. They kind of maybe put things in baskets when they shouldn't. They kind of put their faith over in this basket and then their work ethic over in the one to the right of it and think, well, I can't mix these things up. And yet I think Christ calls us to live our lives and to grow where we are planted. I've always loved that phrase, grow where you are planted. You know, you know, it's so funny, Mike, when I hear you say that, it's uh, it's weird to me because if you were my coworker or you were my neighbor or you were like in a Bible study with me or wherever, you see the same guy. I have no filter, right? Like I'm just like the same dude, right? You are. Um, and so when I see people or people tell me this, that like uh, there are people that have like a work persona and then an outside work persona and they're totally opposite, you know, like it's like you wouldn't even recognize the person. I, that's shocking to me. It's just like, I don't, and I'm not trying to say it's wrong. It's just, I have a hard time connecting to it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to me, it's like, you know, being a, a person in business, like first off, it's like, you want to do things with excellence, right? You know, there's that part of it. And then you want to like treat people well, and there's that part of it. And then there's also your internal humanity and things that you're dealing with and make sure you're dealing with things in a healthy way. So you can be a productive person at work and at home, mm -hmm. you know? And so uh, I think there are sometimes people can overjuice things like they're like, well, I want to be a Christian at work. And then they're kind of over the top stuff. That's not helpful, right? There needs to be a balance in that in, in, a, in a humanity way, both at home and at work. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I used to be a guy that people would say, how are you doing? And I would say good or blessed or stuff like that. And I, I am more vulnerable uh, where sometimes people say, how are you doing? I'm like, man, I'm exhausted or man, I'm struggling or I'm suffering or, you know, and, and I don't say that with everybody, but I'd say it to you mm -hmm. and I say it to other people that, who I'm working with of trying to be just more open and honest. And even if somebody's of great faith, that doesn't mean they're not going to struggle and suffer and be tired. Drilling down into what you said right there, because that really spoke to me about uh, how we come over to other people. 
you know, we, we know Christ told us, Jesus told us in Acts that we're going to be his witnesses. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of it is, you know, I love those four areas that he said, number one, in Jerusalem, that's where they lived. So that would be their town, their job, their neighborhood. Number two, Judea, there's the wider impact, the region, or in our cases, maybe the state of Florida. We're, we're called to be a witness there. Then the third one always got me, man. And this was Samaria. And that was the area maybe that they did not want to go to. Mm-hmm. They preferred not to be in Samaria. They hated the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. Jews did not get along and it was pretty much vice versa. And then fourth was the ends of the earth, the uttermost parts of the world. Those all four are areas that the Lord points us to. I'm wondering if a lot of people put off people in the business world because they have worked too hard at maybe their Christianese or like words, like you said, instead of just being honest and saying, hey, I'm struggling today, they come over with a a, a Christian term that kind of is off-putting to some people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that happens? Oh, sure it does, because I think sometimes it's people can perceive it as code. Another way people could say it could be virtue signaling. Like, Mm. that actually could be defined. If somebody says, well, I'm blessed and stuff like that, it's like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, what's the the message you're trying to send out? Right. Do you actually believe that you're blessed, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? So there we get that perspective. Uh, one of those phrases that some people find offensive that it, this is surprising to me is that I've always liked the concept of being a servant leader. And some people hear that and they're they're offended by it. They're put off by it because they're like, well, okay, that sounds kind of churchy and like that I don't always trust that, right? And some people that are really bullish with their faith are not really big on their faith, right? And some people that are really quiet with their faith are really strong in their faith, mm-hmm. you know? So there's that there's that balance too. There's, you know? there's got to be this, uh, I think, sincere genuineness that believers have in the marketplace that is not, um, it, it does not bring about the impact. You know, there, I love, I love cologne. I'm mm-hmm. there. There's oh, really? one that, yeah, I, I, there's two that I wear and my one, my favorite is not available anymore. Oh, really? Uh, at least it's very difficult right now to get it. So I've I've gone to a second one. The reason I bring that up is that I believe that when we come up next to people, our words can put off that kind of fragrance that cologne does. Mm. And I think there's a metaphor there that we need to make sure that what we are saying and how we're saying it is not coming over offensively, uh, to people, but we want it to come over like a good, fine cologne. We want it to kind of bring them in and make them maybe have a, a sense that uh, of God that, boy, that's uh, that's wonderful. I really, I think it, it's so easy. We, we live in a culture right now where NBC just recently just cut off a person's statement about Jesus, mm. uh, an athlete who is giving glory to God, and they cut him off, and they're getting a lot of heat over it. I think we we need to come back to the day where we are cho- choosing our words carefully, and yet we can give off the fragrance of love uh, to other people. I think that's great, Mike. I think that the other side of that is is in our own hearts and minds being inquisitive, right? And, and being kind of the opposite of that, you know, and, and I give you an example is that I've had more than once um, where I, I, I'm openly a guy that supports HBCUs, 
I'm also a guy that promotes kindness and being kind to people are different. Yes, you do. And I've had some conservatives, and I'm very conservative, hate me. Like I've gotten some hate on social media and some even in my face. And I remember one time this person was like, just pound on HBCUs. And I responded back and I said, you realize that Donald Trump supports HBCUs. In fact, you know, to his president, he was the largest support HBCUs in history. This conservative person came back at me and they're like, no, he didn't. And I'm like, okay, all right, now we're talking about facts. Okay, we're just mm-hmm. talking about facts. Yeah. And they had they had put me in this category of being this liberal person. Ergo, they put me in the they hate me. And then even when presented with facts that they were wrong, you know, then they, they, they couldn't unwind that. They couldn't pull back from it. And I'm like, dude, you, you, you got to stop a little bit and like over defining. Like, I think an easy way to kind of talk about this is like, you know, you love the Gators and, you, and I love the Seminoles, mm-hmm. but you know what? I, I do love the Gators in many ways and you love the Seminoles in many ways. Yeah, meaning, right. meaning like, you know, if one of your you know grandkids came up and went to UF, how happy am I going to be for that? If one of my grandkids went to UF or, or FSU and how happy you'd be like, there's a place in that. Some people aren't, don't have that space. That's right. That's and right. it's, you know, and I've been that guy when, when I was in my twenties, yeah. I was probably that guy. Um, but that's an immaturity, right? Yeah. So you have to learn how to like pull some things up and down. And it's the same thing politically. Some people get so politically jazzed up and, um, you know, you and I were just talking about the DEI thing, right? And like DEI for some people uh, very much can symbolize justice and health and things like that. For other people in other contexts, it can be into Marxism and stuff that we don't mm-hmm. agree with. Right. And so it's like, gosh, like where where do we put that? And some people are so black and white in their thinking, they don't have the brain space to have a little bit more complicated conversation. You know, uh, again, another metaphor that comes to my mind right now about this, John, a lot of these terms, they're almost like mines in the yeah. pathway that are buried. And if we aren't being careful, we can step on something and it blows up in our face. I mean, that, yeah, well, I think it also, I think to me, what it comes back is what someone's actual actions are and what their sacrifices are for. You know, mm-hmm. to me, it's like, you know, I love uh, historical black colleges I'm, I love everything about him. I, I'm pro-education. You know, I'm a trustee of Bethune-Cook University, which is a Christian university, by the way. People know that. And so um, I'm so much about that. And so if somebody comes up to me and they're like, well, I'm about woke and I'm about DEI. I'm like, well, great. Can you write a check? Can you help? Mm-hmm. Can you mentor? And then if they tell me no, like, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how to respond to that. Like, if you're using these, you know, popular words, but you're not willing to step into reality of how to work on something... I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that our words, our actions, they all need to be in line and we need to have love at the center of it all. I mean, that's That's right. That's so important. Well, and compassion, right? I think compassion and a little bit of curiosity and and don't mistake that for um, tolerance or, you know, excusing, right? Like there's, there's lines in the sand where like, you know, like, Hey, that's not okay. And you can cut a line in the sand and also have, you know, compassion, you know. Well, when we get back from our break, I want John to tell us a little bit about how it was that he grew into this man of passion for these colleges mm. that are so different than what you might be thought of uh, by other people. I know that you mentioned you're judged often in a lot of your business circles. So there there had to be a way that, and you've paid a price for your convictions. Sure. And I want to hear about that. John Crossman is my guest here on The Shepherd at Work. We'll be right back. 
you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. Once again, here is Mike Gillen. The Shepherd at Work, it is so good to be here with you today, friends. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday. And my guest today is John Crossman, a dear friend who I get to produce his two programs. One is called The Crossman Conversation, and it is so good. He has a wide range of guests on there talking about social issues, talking about some of the important issues that really affect a lot of, uh, a lot of the community. And then the second one is called the CEO edition, the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. And he always has a CEO on there that really, uh, they discuss things that are going on, trends in business. And now here we are with this guy who is hosting these very loved and very popular uh, podcasts. And he's on this program, and we're so glad to have you here. John, we, we've talked a lot about it. You always sign off your Crossman conversation about uh, supporting HBCUs. And now you identify yourself as a white Republican. Mm -hmm. uh, you've often done that publicly. Mm -hmm. I've heard you do that. How is it that you have crossed the, these territories and you're actually a board member on a couple of these HBCUs? Sure. Yeah. You also support uh, and fund scholarships to a lot of the HBCUs around. Right. How did you get to doing that? Well, so uh, first off, you know, I, I tell people, and I, I it's a, actually I'm using Mike Pence's line when I say, the vice president of Mike Pence's line was I say, I'm a Christian, I'm a conservative Republican in that order, right? And part of the reason why I say that is like, I don't want people to feel hoodwinked. I don't want to feel people to feel like they were, they were tricked. Um, you and I had a guest on the Crossman Conversation, and um, uh, this black woman talking about some important topics. And she told me, we saw each other recently, and she said that one of her friends in another state listened to the whole show, loved it, and then looked me up and then called her and said, did you know he's white? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and then so, you know, so I just always try to like, you know, again, I want people to be surprised with who I am. Um, I think the deeper thing is that I, I younger for uh, justice, right? Like I hunger for justice. I hunger for, um, you know, righteousness and things happening. And I'm always trying to look for What's the solution? I don't want to talk about a problem. It's like, what is the solution? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things to tackle. And like, I'm not a, a science guy. You know, I'm not a, a medical guy. There's topics I'm not an expert at. I, I can't get into. But when we think about our society, what can we do to make things better? Right. And so to me, investing in education, I think that's a winner. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. That's mm -hmm. a winner. And then when I think about investing specifically in historically black colleges, where is a space that we can make big change? You know, I'm not trying to be a jerk about this because my dad went to Harvard, um, but why would anyone ever give a penny to Harvard for their endowment? Like, why? Why would uh, Seriously, why would someone donate $10 to Harvard? They don't need any more. And by the way, the person that takes accepted to Harvard, 
they're fine. They're clearly bright. They have lots of choices. But when we look at Bethune-Cookman University, where a large percentage of our students there are from households living below the poverty level, if that kid gets into Bethune-Cookman and that kid gets a degree and then they get into a professional job, it's life-changing. It's community-changing, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why that investment there. Um, I was exposed to Bethune-Cookman University. It uh, was the first college I was ever exposed to through my dad. So I had HBCUs on my radar for since childhood. Uh, I ran track. I was a sprinter at Florida State University. I ran the FAMU relays all four years, which was, I mean, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, maybe 50 HBCUs in that era. So I was exposed to them my whole life and knowing what they are. And then having that insight, I was able to see the outstanding work that they do. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as the credibility factor, like somebody might say, well, why they let you in or things like that. And, and I'm honored that I'm allowed to serve. I think that hopefully what they, they see leadership in those places see is that I care, I serve, I sacrifice, I believe in it, and I want to make a difference. And, and here's the truth. When you get to the key leadership in the state of Florida, uh, R's and D's, uh, they both support our historically black colleges. Like if, if you said, Hey, I really want to get about HBCUs. You can't be, Oh my gosh, I'm a big time Democrat. And don't work that way. You know, uh, governor Ron DeSantis provided a ton of funding for Bethune Cookman and historic funding for FAMU. So if you're somebody that's like, I don't care about politics. I care about good things happening. You're going to work with both sides, mm-hmm. right? You're going to work with both sides. And you and I, in our faith, we pray for our leaders. It doesn't say if you agree with them, right? Like, it doesn't mean we don't stand up for justice, but we need to pray for our leaders. We need to find a ways to work with our leaders. We need to be bridge builders. And again, that doesn't mean we, you know, don't vote the way we feel called to vote or don't stand up for justice, but we do need to work for paths to work, we work together. And so that's yeah. how that's come together. I think the path that you have taken, it, it's really caught a lot of people by surprise that number one, you're not only respected in the business community for the things that you've done, but you're also highly respected in the educational world, especially at this uh, college level and and even beyond that, because you're also a supporter of the those students that are at the FAMU School of Law, which mm-hmm. you are a high uh, speaker about that. I mean, you have talked about that often on your uh, show and on your podcast about how that people, uh, they, they shouldn't underestimate the impact that FAMU brings. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's, let's get, pull a thread, right? So like, what if you were to say, Hey, John, you're a business leader and you want to see downtown Orlando be successful as mo- as successful it can be. And I would say, I believe that. So here's the thing. We have the most diverse law school in America in downtown Orlando. If we're trying to attract corporations to relocate from Chicago and New York and San Francisco and say, you should move your corporate headquarters to downtown Orlando and why, uh, Mike, don't you think that's a pretty good selling point? That's a great selling point. It's that we understand diversity. We understand justice. You know, we have students going to law school and sometimes there are a single mom that's going back to college at, at 50 years old. You know, we can connect with your, your base of people, right? The, the, your customer, your clients, what you're trying to do. So it makes sense, you know, 
But we have to, again, make those connections and those paths, get people to work together. Describe, when you say that FAMUs in Orlando is one of the most diverse, explain that. What, yeah. what, what would it look like yeah, if you got out and you walked on that campus? Well, if, uh, you would have students that are big-time Trump supporters, and you have students that are big-time Biden supporters, and you have students that are 20, and you have students that are 50. You have students that are black, you have students that are Hispanic, you have students that are white, like it, it's it's not one of the things that's funny is a huge number of universities in this country had all white all male practices right like if you're not white you're not a man you can't go to this school blank black colleges have always accepted everybody right like sometimes people think like oh it's a black college they don't let in white people no of course they let in white people of course they let in women the first women in america to get law degrees graduate from howard law school mm. story of black colleges mm-hmm. right so when you walk across the campus it, it's you know, it's probably, I'm going to guess from here, like 40%-ish uh, black, and then like uh, a 30-plus percent, plus or minus, 30 plus or minus Hispanic and white. So when I say diverse, what I mean is like it's a, it's a broad spectrum of people, and it's a broad spectrum of beliefs, mm-hmm. which is good because, you know, if you're selling cheeseburgers or you're selling software or you're selling watches, guess what? Your customer base has a broad base of beliefs, right? Yeah. And if you're going to go to trial and you want an attorney that can connect with the jurors, guess what? Your jurors are going to be diverse. And so that needs to be a way to connect to them. How can businesses who are wanting their, uh, their pipeline of employees, let's say, Mm-hmm. Uh, how can they benefit by just opening their eyes a little bit and saying, hey, I think that supporting some of these HBCUs could actually be good business down the road. How does that work? I was watching a documentary the other day about Y2K, and they had a woman who was with the Navy who was one of the first great minds with computers. She was a woman that termed the term bug, you know, the bug in the computers. That's actually was a human being wow. person. <laughs> And cool. in this interview, she said that um, when telephones first started being put in houses, some people wouldn't walk around them because they were so intimidated by telephones. I don't want to yeah. touch the telephone. Yeah. She said people freaked out when they went from gas to electric lights, like, like I'm scared of electric lights, right? So part of I say that is when you're a business person, businesses are always changing and you benefit from having young talent in your office, right? Like... You and I have an IT issue, but if a 19-year-old walked in here, like, oh, let me take care of that for you, right? <laughs> so I think a lot of business, I mean, all business benefit from having 20-year-olds come in your office that have a different perspective, right? Higher energy, newer thought, newer minds, right? I think that even goes further when it becomes more and more diversity in it. So the great example is, you remember the Nova, the car? Yes. Which in Spanish means no go. You know, so <laughs> did not the, know yes, that. and it was a dud, right? <laughs> Nova a... means no go. Wow. If they had had a Hispanic person in that boardroom, they would have raised their hand and said, this is a bad name for a car. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is the energy, the thought, the perspective, the view, the health of the open, the conversation. We always need more of that to have healthy businesses. Wow. Well said. And I know that your book is loved in all of these colleges that you speak in. How many colleges have you spoken to? <laughs> uh, well over 30. I, I don't, I've lost. I have to sit down and put pen to paper. That's but it's, amazing. It's a, lot. it's a lot. Well, I know that you're loved all over the place, and it is so great to uh, have you with us here on the, the Shepherd at Work. Thank you, my friend, for being here. Give us the website, how people can get uh, in touch with you. Yeah, so the, the real estate website is, uh, is, is crossmarkservices.com and crossmancareerbuilders.com. 
And so the Career Builders is where I do all of my volunteer work, and I do some paid public speaking on occasion. And so that's that space. And then the real estate side, man, listen, if you're looking to grow your business and commercial real estate, you need a representative, you need advisor work. I hope you'll think of us. We'd love to have an opportunity in your business. I want people to come your way, man, because you know what you're talking about. John Crossman, my guest today. And as always, thank you for being with us here on The Shepherd at Work. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Shepherd at Work. Tune in next week for a chat with another marketplace leader who will help you learn how to live your faith in every place you live and work. The Shepherd at Work has been brought to you by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.